Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, from the arts to sports, and from business to history, and everything in between, including your stories. They're some of our favorites. Our next story, well, it's one about service, love, and sacrifice. Let's follow Eileen Hall's incredible journey across Europe as she searches for her husband in the middle of World War II. Eileen was a member in the Women's Army Corps, or WAC. We got together with Eileen and her daughter Sherry, who both live in Canton, Ohio. Here's Eileen. I'm from Canton, Ohio. I was born in 10, 11, 23 
and my mother and dad had a restaurant in downtown Canton, and we had a hotel up above the restaurant, and that's where I was raised. We lived right across the street from McKinley High School, so all I had to do was walk to, for high school was walk across the street and go to school. After my mother made it to my high school graduation, and shortly after that, she passed on, and my dad remarried, and I felt very uncomfortable at home with a different mother, really. And you were working at? Kempkin Roller Bearing Company, so it's a long time. That's 75 years ago, you know, so I'm trying to remember. A lot of it I'll never forget, but, uh, and there I met a girl and we became friends and we worked in the stationary supply office. And uh, she had a boyfriend from Galleon, Ohio, and every time he came up to see her, he brought his brother. So she said, do you think you'd mind dating his brother if he brings him up? And I said, oh no. Well, that was it, because we just melded together and it's just worked out so. But he was being drafted like all the, that he was going to be sent to Oklahoma. So uh, after my dad remarried, I just didn't feel comfortable at home. So I said, I think I'll, I always wanted to go to California. So I said, I think I'll go to California because I've always wanted to go there. So I boarded a train and it stopped in Oklahoma. And I thought, well, I'll just see, you know, him while I'm here. So that's as far as I got. <laughs> we got married. <laughs> After I was there a few days, we had to go through blood tests and it was really, you know, so and we were married in a Parsons office. And then it wasn't long after that, that he was sent overseas. So I thought, well, since I'm married to him, I'll go back home and see what I can do. You know, so I went back home and I decided to enlist in the service. So I went in downtown Canton where they had their recruiting office and told them I would like to join the Army. Well, the Navy I really wanted, but you couldn't get in that one until later. So um, I decided I'd get in the Army if I could. So even though I was married, I had to get my dad's consent because of my age, I couldn't do it unless I had my parents' consent. So I went to where he worked and told him, and he said, well, if I don't do this, you'll do something else crazy. So he signed. He was a World War I veteran. So he signed, and I took it back. And after that, I uh, got into uh, basic training in Daytona Beach, Florida. From there, I was, uh, I volunteered, they said as we were being interviewed, the girls that had already volunteered said, you'll be sorry, <laughs> and so, uh, but I volunteered for everything, so I always got the pick of things that I wanted to do, so I thought that was a good idea. From there, I was sent to Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia for driver training, and uh, I led a convoy through Georgia as one of our tryouts, you know, to see how we did. And so, uh, and then we had to uh, go in gas chambers and take off the gas mask and stay for a few minutes and then go out and catch your breath again. <laughs> so, and then uh, 
we had to lay down and they sh fired shots over us, you know, to see how we'd react. And then we had uh, to go through other training. Abandoning ship, we had to go, you know, to a top of the ship that would be and go down the sides. And a couple of the girls were just terrified of doing it, so I helped along with them. And then after that was all done, I was sent to Fort Lewis, Washington. And I was only there for a little while. The, the fellows in the barracks weren't used to having women there. And boy, every time we'd walk out everywhere, shoo, there were guys walking with us. So, but anyway, I volunteered. They asked for volunteers to go overseas. So, um, I volunteered, but there were too many, so I wasn't going to get to go. But at the last minute, one gal dropped out, and so I took her place. And then it wasn't long after that that we were sent to Fort Dix, or New Jersey, and boarded the Queen Elizabeth and headed for France. So it, on a ship that in peacetime would accommodate two people, there were 24 whacks in one room. And, and then we went on and we landed at Glasgow, Scotland, in the Isle of Clyde. And there we were met with the Red Cross and the Salvation Army, and they gave us food and until and they decided where we were going to go from there. And some of us boarded a train and headed for Sutton Coalfield, England. That's where I was going to be stationed for a while. And we've been listening to Eileen Hall's journey to find her husband in the middle of World War II. A great backstory. I can't wait to hear more. I'm sure you can't either. When we come back, more of Eileen Hall's story here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the stories we tell about this great country, and especially the stories of America's rich past, know that all of our stories about American history, from war to innovation, culture, and faith, are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College, a place where students study all the things that are beautiful in life and all the things that are good in life. And if you can't get to Hillsdale, Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we continue here on Our American Stories with Eileen Hall's story. And what an adventurer this lady was, my goodness, and so many other women who served in the war. She wanted to be in the theater and volunteered for it. Let's pick up where we last left off. Some of us boarded a train and headed for Sutton Coalfield, England. That's where I was going to be stationed for a while. So um, that's where I had to drive a jeep. I, I went through the motor corps, so I was allowed to drive a jeep and up to a two and a half ton truck. So I drove the, uh, everybody in Sutton Coalfield in England had to list a, if they had a room available 
for GIs because they didn't want the women staying in rooms. They wanted the men to be there. So that's what I did for a while and got them all done. And, and then uh, I was sent, I, I drove a major there that uh, four, four of us were drivers and I, we all drove an officer. So I drove a major. So we were on call 24 hours a day for whatever reason they wanted us. So, but, uh, well, I had to drive in the fog so bad that I had to put my foot up. They drive on the left side on the curb so I would know where I was going. And because of that, my left leg is, is not as big as my right one. It took that much, it froze, you know, and I had to go back to the barracks and they put me behind the, bakery and so I could thaw out to my leg was so frozen from driving so uh, we had gone through many air raids at night and and one of the gals said if I'm going to get killed I'm going to do it right here and so the rest of us decided we'd stay together so that was it <laughs> because there were nightly air raids you know so after I left England I went to France and was with the post office there as a driver. So every morning I'd drive into Paris and you could there were, the streets were empty except for people going through garbage cans trying to get something to eat, people and dogs. And that's something I'll never forget. And as I drove to the post office that I was be at, just as I drove in, something cracked on the uh, steering wheel and I couldn't steer it, but I was already there. so. I was that I felt that was a blessing because if I'd done that out in the you know out on the streets it would have been something else I have faith and I I just felt I'd be protected whatever I did because I if I volunteered for something I felt that that's what I should do so I just had a different life than some of the other wax but <laughs> The Battle of the Bulge was going on then, and they were bringing the wounded into the uh, hospital in Paris. And uh, our commanding officer was called from, from the hospital and asked him to send some wax down to help. The wounded were coming in so fast. So um, our, our commanding officer called me and said, you know, gonna take some wax to the hospital. So I got a ton and a half truck and loaded it with wax and drove into the hospital in front of the hospital and walked in and here the GIs are all laying on the floor and you could just walk sideways. And so they, we would kneel down and talk to them and take, you know, we all went and talked to each one and asked what, where they were from and just got them calmed down before and then they finally found room for them all. So, but when I had time off, I was allowed to take the Jeep and I became acquainted with two fellows from Iowa. And one was, uh, had his uh, left leg amputated below his knees, so he was gonna be sent home. And he said he hated to see, go home without seeing Paris. And I said, well, I'll see what I can do. So I went to my commanding officer, told her the story, and she says, you take a Jeep and show him wherever you want to go. So over there were two whacks in the back and me driving and him sit beside me and I took him all over Paris. So he was, you know, excited about that. And uh, 
we kept in touch for years after I got home, so. But I got a letter from my husband saying he was gonna be sent to the CBI, that's the China Burma. And I thought, and I started crying. And the officer was below me. And she came up and wanted to know why I was crying. And I said, well, my husband's gonna be sent to the CB area. And I said, I, I'd probably never see him again. And she said, I'll see what I can do. So she got me orders attached to Mark Clark's, but he, he never knew I was part of his service. So, but that got me to an early airport and asked, you know, if anybody was going to Paris. And there, there was a plane just out there that was going to be going to Italy. And I told my story to the guy at the desk. And so he said, that plane right there, you can get on. So they put down the Bombay doors and I walked out and, and they one on one side and one on the other lifted me up and put it in where the gun turret is. And that's how I rode from there to, to Italy. And I got off of the plane and I was standing on the road and I didn't realize right in front of me was the Tower of Pisa because I didn't realize it was that big, you know. And so I walked out and I started hitchhiking and along came a British guy in a truck with three uh, soldiers in the back and one was, they were attending to one and I said, what happened? She said he got hurt, but not by fire. I don't know exactly how he got hurt. And they're going into Rome. So they stopped for water and the driver of the truck had to come back and stand in front of me so I could lean to the back because the people just came from everywhere and they wanted to touch me and you know and I I didn't know what to do so they looked out for me and then we left and went on to Rome to the Red Cross there and they put me up for the night the next morning was a Sunday so it was church so I went down and went to church and after a little while before church started, a fellow sat down beside me and he looked at my patch. He says, you're not from around here, are you? And I said, no, I, and I told him my story. He said, I'll see what I can do. So the next day he had gotten permission from his officer and he was able to take me from Rome to Milano. And uh, on the way, it started to rain and the fellow didn't know how to do the, the top to the Jeep, so I showed him how to do that. And he uh, took me up and my husband was waiting for me, waiting there, so. We had our honeymoon on Lake Como and I had our own villa attached to a regular one, which is owned now by George Clooney. And I'm sure George Clooney doesn't know it, but I'm gonna write a letter to him sometime if he ever gets it. The Villa de Esti, yeah, so, yeah, that was the 5th Army Rest Camp. So, we left from La Harve on the E.B. Alexander, headed for the United States. As we pulled into New York Harbor, all the lights came on, and they took us off the boat and fed us the best Thanksgiving dinner we ever had. <laughs> so, and from there, we had to go to Fort Dix to get released from the Army. And then I boarded a train for Canton, Ohio. And when I got to Canton, there they were, my husband, 
and my, my dad and just welcomed me home. He got home seven days before I did. But other than that, why, I think my experience was something that not too many people have the opportunity to experience. So that's my love story. <laughs> and I love to tell it. <laughs> so, and thanks for the opportunity to tell it. So that's it. And that's it. And thanks for the opportunity to let us tell it, Eileen. And what a beautiful story about so many things, particularly just a sheer sense of adventure. Off to Europe to fight Nazis, searching for each other, learning how to drive trucks and tanks, supply lines to defeat one of the world's worst enemies in history. Eileen Hall's journey to find her husband in the middle of World War II. Her story here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, is that that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Our American Stories, and one of the things we love to do on this show is tell history stories. Our next story comes to us from Benton Harbor, Michigan, and is a bit of local history you won't forget. Here's our own Monty Montgomery with a story. In Benton Harbor, Michigan, there's an interesting story that started because of a Michigan-eccentric. The media called him King Ben. They started calling him in the teens, they called him King Ben because he was mega wealthy and he he ruled an empire very much like a Michigan Roman Empire. I mean, who, who had that much wealth and that much success in America? I don't know very many people. That's Chris Seriano, founder and curator of the House of David Museum in St. Joe, Michigan a museum dedicated to an interesting bit of local history that got its start because of the so-called King Ben. Benjamin Purnell was born in Paducah, Kentucky in 1861 to a very, very poor family. He was the seventh son in the family. Grew up basically with nothing and was an intelligent child and loved to listen to the fire and brimstone campfire talks at night and that his father would give and uh, the townspeople. By the time Benjamin was 14 years old, he was extremely uh, book smart and could basically memorize a book cover to cover. And he was given the King James Bible for Christmas on his 14th birthday. And he digested the whole Bible and at that point, he felt like he should be a messenger from God and like a missionary. When he was 16 years old, he met Mary Purnell, his wife, and then were itinerant preachers through the South up into the Midwest where he set down roots in uh, Fostory, Ohio. That's where he first started his first church. It was called the God House, a huge congregation of people, believers in his faith, which was a a Christian communal celibate vegetarian lifestyle, very similar to the Shakers is what he taught. And that if you believed in all these things and were a Christian and uh, believed in God and Jesus, that you would have eternal life of the body on earth. You would never die. And it was in Fostoria that 
his daughter, Hetty, turned 14 years old. Hetty started her job, her first job, at a fireworks factory in Fostoria, Ohio. And he announced to the congregation that evening that Hetty, he was proud of her, that she had gotten a job, and you could see the factory out the windows of the church. And about halfway through his sermon, the fireworks factory caught on fire and actually blew up. So it was very obvious that nobody survived that explosion to the people in the church. And Benjamin and Mary went over to the window and were quiet. And uh, within a couple hours, authorities came banging on the church door and wanted Ben and Mary to positively identify the remains of Hetty's body. And he refused to acknowledge that that could be his daughter because of the fact that here he is teaching, if you believe this faith that I'm, that I'm sharing, you'll live forever. You'll never die. You'll have eternal life of the body. So there's no way that he was going to admit that his daughter was dead, especially to his whole congregation. Immediately after that was that the townspeople had to get together and have a huge funeral for Hetty. She was a very popular kid in town. It was the most decorated funeral in the history of that town. It's not a small town. And after the funeral, they stoned the church and drove Benjamin and Mary out of town. They didn't want them there anymore because they wouldn't partake even in their own daughter's funeral. At that time, Benjamin already had knowledge of the Albert and Louis Boschke, who were considered the second leading wagon factory manufacturers in the country behind Studebaker. And they were here in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Extremely wealthy, extremely successful men with a lot, a lot of intelligence and a lot of connections. But the biggest thing was, is they were already believing in this faith. And when he arrived, he explained who he was and what he was doing, and they accepted him. So they gave Ben and Mary over $400,000 at that time, which was night, fall of 1902, to acquire the land and begin life at, on Britton Avenue there in Benton Harbor. Life at the House of David basically consisted of strictly Christian lifestyle. They were all vegetarian. They were celibate, so they could come to the House of David and join at single, married, or married with 10 kids, didn't matter. They did not live anymore with their spouse. So the men were separated in mansions, different from the women, even different from the kids. The kids lived in a building called the Ark, which is also a schoolhouse and a dormitory until they were 14 years old. Rules were that there was no, basically no contact with the opposite sex. If you wanted to have lunch or dinner with your spouse, you could eat for 30 minutes in the married couple dining hall in the basement. The men could also not cut their hair or shave their beards. But despite these rules, countless people looking for a new life flocked to the house of David, many of whom were wealthy industrialists. They acquired people from all over the world and they they didn't focus on recruiting 
highly intelligent, successful people, but they were a magnet to those kind of people. So those people from all over the entire globe flocked in. But when they joined, in exchange of life at the House of David, where you were given a place to live, a gorgeous place to live, you were given housing, food, clothing. In exchange for that, you gave them all your worldly possession. According to the people that I interviewed at the House of David, they felt that the biggest day in the history of the House of David was the day the 85 Australians landed in Benton Harbor. Amongst them were a husband and wife that owned a diamond mine. Along with them were world famous actors and actresses and musicians. And by the 1920s, it's documented that the House of David had over $35 million in the bank. That's a lot of dough today. Mm -hmm. uh, along with cruise ships and trolley cars and bus lines and hotels and resorts around the world and, and uh, the diamond mine and a gold mine in western Oklahoma and a coal mine in Kentucky. And the reason for the coal mine was because during World War I, when the government tried to ration the use of coal because of the war, Benjamin just went down and bought a coal mine and made it private. So they, because they generated their own power, with coal, with giant coal turbine engines. Uh, they generated their own electricity. So they, there was nothing that would stop them. And you've been listening to Chris Seriano, and he's the curator and founder of the House of David Museum in Benton Harbor, Michigan. And what a story you're hearing, folks. And when we come back, more of Benjamin Purnell's story on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening.
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know... Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we continue with Our American Stories and with Chris Sariano, founder of the House of David Museum in Benton Harbor, Michigan, telling the story of a religious colony in town at the turn of the century. People didn't want to sit around and just wait for paradise to come. They wanted to do something to occupy their minds, and they were good at it. You had a job that you were given. Benjamin would interview you and try to figure out what your talents were. And he was amazing at finding out someone's highest, best use, even though maybe you didn't know it yourself. He had the financial wherewithal. He had the, the, the power of people and the ability to take someone to the greatest in the world and the greatest in the nation. And because of that skill, the members of the House of David were able to create new inventions that they otherwise wouldn't have. Sometime in 1903, when a guy came from, joined from Sweden that was an ice cream maker, he helped invent 
the waffle cone. And then they uh, introduced it to the St. Louis, 1904 St. Louis World's Fair. There are people that say, no, this person made it or this person made it. But the House of David, in fact, did make their own waffle cone starting in late 1903. Because they had cruise ships on the Great Lakes, they invented uh, the cross propeller system because they lost some cruise ships from early storms that tipped them sideways because they were so tall and thin back in the day. They had 100,000 acres of farmland, so the quality of the fruits were very important to them. Benton Harbor had the world's largest grower to buyer fruit market anywhere in the world and huge money. And the House of David had 100,000 acres of farmland, but they couldn't, they couldn't guarantee the quality of the fruit if it was a super hot sweltering day or maybe it was raining hard or maybe a frost was coming. So they, they thought, you know, we have, to, we have to invent some way of securing our investment in fruit. So they built the world's largest cold storage building where people from the world's largest fruit market could pull off, pull up to the House of David cold storage building. For pennies, you could put your fruits and vegetables in the cold storage units, which would take the temperature down to a point where it would stabilize the quality as long as you wanted to from that day that you brought it there. So the next day that that fruit market was really popping and dollars were big and the buyers were big, the farmers would fly over to the House of David cold storage, pull their fruits and vegetables out. They looked exactly like they did when they dropped them off. And they invented that and they, 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 they were cutting edge on that. And so back in the 60s, when uh, NASA was planning on sending people to the moon, the astronauts, they were trying to figure out a way, how do you make a full meal be able to go into outer space with the pressure and not explode and not screw up the astronaut's stomach if he does get it in there? And so they approached the House of David, who in turn took that process with their own scientists down to a powder form. So steaks, potatoes, whatever is on a, a full dinner plate, they made it into a powder form with an airtight wrap. And those little packets were what NASA sent to the moon with the astronauts House of David made. But the House of David's interest in travel wasn't just confined to outer space and the sea. It also extended to trains, miniature ones that you could ride on. In 1904, Benjamin and Mary Purnell traveled to the St. Louis World's Fair. There were so many reasons that they went there, but mostly to get ideas on how, how to do things to, with crowds of people. It was during that time that they saw and they traveled on uh, little steam engine trains built by the Cagney brothers out of New York. And those steam engine trains in St. Louis were hauling millions of people all over into this World's Fair during this whole year long event. So at the end of the World's Fair, Benjamin bought one of those little steam engine trains, had it brought back to Benton Harbor, Michigan, taken apart every piece of it, and they recreated those trains, made them better, stronger, slightly bigger, 
and they built eight of them just exactly like that and and uh, from 1905 to 1908 by 1908 there was a fleet of eight 15 inch ste uh, wide steam engine trains which were promptly put to work carrying passengers around their amusement park something they inherited as a simple resort called eastman springs with the money their wealthy backers gave them when they first settled in benton harbor the reason that they had the amusement park was basically because of the Australians, their desire to entertain. They wanted an avenue to be able to draw people in for the purpose of entertainment. And because the 85 joined on the same day that were world famous actors and actresses and vaudeville show people and, and musicians, they thought, what better way to use that Eastman Springs Park as to turn it into an amusement park. So they, in, in 1905, they started building the railroad around the amusement park. They started building the amphitheater, which was state-of-the-art, world-class amphitheater. And they wanted, to, they wanted to entertain people. They wanted to get their message out through the form of music, basically. So when you arrived at the park, by your trolley car or your bus line, you just thought that you were gonna go to a show or you know you were gonna listen to a band, when in fact, you got on their little miniature train to go into the park, you bought, you got the whiff of those waffle cones cooking and the homemade ice cream, you couldn't resist that, like a Kilwins times 10, so you got that for a nickel, you went back in there and you got entertained, you got food for nickels to maybe a dime, um, you could drive the little race cars, you could go to the zoo, you could spend the night in their park hotel, you could eat at their vegetarian restaurant in the amusement park, but it was, they did it for an experience and for people to think of them as something more than just a fate. It was such a unique experience to see all these men with long hair and long beards, long beards, and very humble uh, Amish type uh, people and it, it was actually an awesome experience. I went there as a little kid and we went for years and it, it, it was a good feeling. It was like an old grandpa standing there. They were very kind, they were very accommodating. They would answer any questions that you had. They would help you with things. It was a unique experience and it brought people by the tens of millions. It was the leading amusement park in America only behind uh, Disneyland. And that was only after 1952. Before that, from the time it opened in 08 until the early 50s, there was nobody that had more people attending an amusement park in America more than the House of David amusement park. You know, Walt Disney came here and studied the House of David in 1950-51, and he actually bought one of the House of David steam engine trains, one of the original ones, took it back to Anaheim, California with him, where he created his own little railroad there at his property first and then later at Disneyland. So it was a huge, huge success. But despite the continued popularity of the park, people didn't necessarily want to join it. And as a result of their belief in celibacy, one by one the members of the House of David, including Ben Purnell, passed away until the point where they had to close it. It had closed in 74, uh, people would still wander through. They were, you were allowed to go there and walk around and reminisce and 
feel your memories and stuff. They didn't keep you away, but it was closed. It was totally like a abandoned amusement park kind of thing. Uh, they closed everything down. They still ran a print shop. Uh, they still had their art department building where they made their own beautiful statuary. They still participated in, in uh, Blossom Parade floats and musicals and things like that. But, and they all, they just wanted to enjoy life quietly from there. You know, they were up there pretty good. It's like a fairy tale place in a way. It, they, they touched America in such unique ways. They, they definitely left their mark. They left a beautiful mark on the world. They touched people in unique ways. They, um, what they created will live on. You know, their inventions. Uh, there's so many things that live on way past them. They invited us in to feel it, to experience it, but then we had to go home and they got to stay. They found a pretty dang cool way to live. And they were happy all the way until they closed their eyes. They really were. And you're listening to Chris Seriano, and he's the founder of the House of David Museum in Benton Harbor. The story of Benjamin Purnell here on Our American Stories. Armstrong, he's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.